slum, 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 gully in slum, 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 gully in slum, gully in slum, slum, from Geek Planet Online, the slum gully in slum, slum, Jeff and Scott host the slum gully in slum, slum, and I don't know what that word means. Slum Gullion, one or two guests on the Slum Gullion, one or two breasts on the Slum Gullion, should probably fade on the Slum Welcome to a Slum Gala, our 2016 year-end tops and bottoms. And that title should make for some interesting search engine optimization. One can only hope. Welcome to the last year the last year welcome Welcome to the last year well you know what sometimes it feels that way sometimes it feels like this is the last year of history and everything from now on is just going to be cormac mccarthy's the road (laughs) it's going to be cannibalism and catamites and uh and uh, melee weapons forged out of uh uh rusty uh ford pinto parts anyway your beacon of happiness over there is Scott. And uh, the heavily medicated gentleman to my right is Jeff. I'm in pain. Leave me alone. I have old knees, and my old knees were abused by ice. Yes. So, Although, oddly enough, ice can also cure it. Have you iced it? Uh, I have iced it. I have heated it. So now I'm smoking it. See if that'll help. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it, there's some irony in putting ice in your knee after it was damaged by black ice. But uh, there's, if, if there's any, if there's any theme to 2016, it's irony. Um, it's irony and cluster fuckery. Exactly. I'm glad I and put the explicit have... language tag on our on our new iPhone. <laughs> and not only uh, before we get too far, I, I feel like I should say, uh, not only is this the end of a total cluster fuck of a year, not only is this the end of the first year of the Slum Gullion. Because we started roughly at the end of 2015, did we not? Yes, with Rogue One, with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Force Awakens. The Force Awakens, yeah. That was our we pilot start- episode. Yes, we started with Star Wars. We kind of ended the first season or series, if you want to be British, with uh, Star Wars, and also, and this is the big one. Uh, this. Our New Year's Eve, yeah, uh, is, our episode is our last official episode with Geek Planet Online. Tell you why in a second, but first, I do gotta say, um, now I have been with Geek Planet for, Jesus Christ, I have no idea how long. It's been a long freaking time. 2010, uh, uh, maybe? I maybe 2010. I don't know. I I don't know when we officially started the All Star Jamboree, but um, these guys, you know, I was just doing comedy shorts on somebody else's show, and when that on went on hiatus, these people said, "Hey, do you want your own show?" I thought it was going to be just a summer replacement, and it kind of stayed. Uh, Matt Dillon. Dave Probert and uh, Jillian Coyle, the Geek Planet overlords, uh, not only were beyond instrumental 
and helping me find a larger audience. They were beyond instrumental in helping me realize some lifelong fantasies. Barbara Crampton, uh, Richard Hatch, Barry Bostwick. You know, I mean, it, I adore these people. I will always adore these people. Say at Geek Plant, listen to their podcasts. They're fun. But... You may be asking yourself, why is tonight's show, the end of the year, our last show for Geek Planet Online? Why is it, Scott? Because I don't remember. Uh, crap. Uh, oh, well, we just decided to um, that we had fledged, that our feathers are about as good looking as they're ever going to get, and it's time to leave the nest. Um, we uh, just decided we wanted a little more flexibility with uh, what we wanted to do do as far as um adding uh text pieces and uh, doing some videos and some other hey scott yes scott you know you could have just said we have a website now because we have a website now you'll let it happen, yes right? we do boys and girls that is right starting tomorrow new year's day you can go to the that's the right address right that's it Yes, we have we have a website. Go there. Now, right now, it's just got um, all of our previous episodes. We're going to be adding a whole bunch of shit over, or at least some shit, over the coming weeks. So tomorrow, New Year's Day, after the football game, before you get too drunk, please go check out the site. Let us know what you think. Uh, and, 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 we will be starting the Slumgullion series season two relatively shortly and you will be able to officially now look for the Slumgullion on iTunes am I not right am That's, I not Devo yes <laughs> yes uh, the uh, very amateurish productions uh, feed if you're listening uh, to the show through iTunes now will be going the way of the uh, the passenger pigeon the buggy whip and the uh, pot dealers pager and it will be replaced by the slum. John Cryer's career. And John Cryer's career. Thank goodness. So please uh, go on to iTunes, look up the Slum Gullion podcast, and subscribe to that. Bookmark theslumgullion.com. Uh, you can subscribe to it also through your RSS feed if you're that kind of person. And you can at any point leave a, a write to us at our, at our email address, uh, the Slum Gullion at AOL.com or leave a comment. And why is it AOL? Because it's it's AOL. There's there's nobody using it. There's plenty of room for mail. Nobody's going to know. Um, you can also leave a comment on the website on uh, the I would I would recommend doing it on, on whatever the latest post is. And you can request movies for us to do. We will also be posting uh, a schedule of the movies we intend to do. So if you want to watch whatever obscure piece of crap we're going to talk about before we talk about it, you can follow along at home once we do. We'll also be introducing some, as I said, some some goodies for the uh, the fans, uh, possibly the most racist cartoon ever with commentary. <laughs> well, one of them, one of them. Yes, and, and possibly... Uh, because there were 11 of them, let us not forget. Exactly, and... Much like the seven words you can't say on television. We are going, yes. Sorry, I keep interrupting you. Go ahead, Scott. That's fine. Uh, we're, and we're going to be interrupting each other while watching some, uh, some racist cartoons. 
and uh, talking about uh, some uh, ways to avoid becoming a homosexual in the 50s. Those, those but only in the fifties. Only in the fifties. That was the only. That was the only decade where you were able to avoid being a homosexual. Once the sixties dawned, sorry, you're you're gay. That was it. But uh, I knew LSD was bad for you. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, starting tomorrow, it is a brand new year. It's a brand new Slumgullion. Even though tomorrow, all you'll be able to see is the old shit. Exactly. But that, it's, point. that was good. It's a promise of a new day. All right. <laughs> so but, that's, oh, God, we, we real, do we do we have to talk about this year? I think we should be, if only to purge it. Let's just let's just have a brief therapy session. Let's let's squeeze the the pus from the boil and just be done with it. So what we're going to do in this our year end tops and bottoms issue is we're talking about the best and the worst things that we saw for the show and a few artistic efforts that were a bit of a mixed bag of mediocre that fell in the middle. I am exempting uh, from this, by the way, the, the, the terrible, terrible movies that I watched deliberately for the purposes of mockery, for the purposes of other projects. This is solely stuff we talked about and saw for the show. So before we get into that, let's let's just briefly acknowledge that 2016 was a slaughterhouse. I mean, uh, the very first show, the very first official episode uh, of the podcast, we we got into it. Uh, we devoted the inaugural Unknown Movie Challenge to Gal- Galaxy Quest because Alan Rickman had just died. Ah. So it started off on a downer note. Uh, other downer deaths, Prince, um, Bowie, I was going to say, I, you better bring up Bowie. Uh, Ron Glass, Ooh, Shep, Shepard Book from uh, yep. Firefly and Serenity. Uh, this one I this one hit me. Herschel Gordon-Lewis, the urbane professorial godfather of gore. who Oh, loved... I forgot about him. Oh, my God, him too. Yeah. Oh, shit. Along with producer David Friedman, uh, whose book, right. by the way, talks about their partnership. Dave, Dave Friedman wrote a book called... Um, a Youth in Babylon, which I highly recommend. Uh, they invented the slasher film in 1963 with Blood Feast. Uh, they invented the nudie cutie in the late 50s. They were very, very creative. Um, okay, technically, wait, let's be honest. They did not invent the slasher film. They invented the gore film. All right. Let, let's be Tec- technical. That's technically, you could say the slasher film was invented by their Alfred Hitchcocker, the guy who directed Peeping Tom, depending on which one came out first. Fair enough, fair enough. weren't they both nineteen sixty? Wasn't uh... yeah, uh, yeah. The only that and uh, I, actually, I think it, I think Psycho came out first, which is why uh, Peeping Tom did not do very well upon its initial upon its initial release. Oh, such a good film though. Oh, uh, I love movie. Peeping Tom. I that is such a messed up movie, but that's not what we're talking no, about here. Uh, we're talking- about people who died. Other dead people. Great. Start the show, Scott. Thank you so much. Well, it's this kind of year. Let's just get the crap out of the way first. Um, Robert Vaughn, Napoleon Solo from Man from Uncle, uh, a man who was sorely missed from this year's remake of The Magnificent Seven, which we talked about in episode 18 of the show, uh, and who livened up the uh, 1980 remake of The Magnificent Seven, Battle Beyond the Stars, which we talked about in... Which we talked about on the show. Exactly. Uh, Anton Yelchin from the Star Trek reboot uh, and the Fright Night reboot, uh, which I rather liked him in. I thought he was quite good in that. Um, 
Uh, and Gene Wilder. Who ever thought Mel Brooks would outlive Gene Wilder? Not to be extra morbid, but that just caught me off guard. Uh, and finally, although there were a multitude of other people, we'll just end it with this. Uh, Kenny Baker, R2-D2 himself, has passed on. Well, gee, I feel even better now, Scott. Thanks. Good. Well, then you're into the spirit of the thing. Now, before we get into the tops and bottoms, let's talk about the middles right away with episode two. We talked about a movie that both Jeff and I kind of liked with caveats and provisos and incense and peppermints. Uh, it was a Bollywood horror flick called Dar at the Mall. You remember that? <gasps> oh, I vaguely remember that movie. Uh, it was a... Uh, it was a ghost story about a haunted mall uh, told in a, in a, a dizzying mix of uh, Hindi and English and uh, was generally pretty good. I mean, I, I think uh, I think the problems we had with it were mostly the fact that we were confused from a cultural perspective. There were some assumptions made by characters and some things we didn't quite understand. And some of it wasn't terribly original, but by and large, it was a pretty good ghost movie and and aside from sort of a mushy uh second act uh we thought it paid off in the end so and it had a musical number and that always makes me happy it, exactly it had a musical number it had to have a musical number uh next actually was... i can throw out one sure. i don't know i can't i don't know if this is the next one but if we're looking back at the show or looking at middles the one that sticks out for me was uh, mexico barbero Yes, Mexico. That was that was. Well, you're gonna, gotta let me just go through this list here. I've got a list, but yes, Mexico. I wanted to throw out one that I actually remembered. Bite me. Yes, uh, Mexico Barbero was a 2014 uh, anthology of horror shorts. Uh, yes, this one was a mixed bag by definition because it was a bunch of different films by uh, different filmmakers, some of which were dull or kind of pointless, and some of which were okay, and a couple. I really rather liked and I know you did too, but personally, I will never get over the giant uh, dripping midget demon dick. Just won't. <laughs> Just won't. There's, there, there, there's no way you can, you know, I mean, people thought Serbian film, you know, took the cap on, on, you know, on seeing things you can't unsee wrong. Yeah. That's an interesting question. If, if you had seen Serbian film, if we had talked about Serbian film this year, where would that have gone for you? Would that have been a top, a bottom, or somewhere in the middle? If that had come out this year? Yeah. Wow. Oh, oh no. It, 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 it definitely, it's, all right. My, my pure non-comedic review, there is no way that I can recommend the film because I do find the film absolutely disgusting. Mm -hmm. There are things in it that you can't unsee, but I think it is an absolutely brilliant, if not excessively violent, remake of, a, of the Faust legend. So it would be... Uh... Oh, it would be a top. It would be a top with, okay. with major people. Oh, I'm, I would not, I would not, I am not recommending this to everyone, but if you like your, if you can handle exploitation that's actually well-made, give it a shot. And I still think I'd write the uh, Sound of Music song. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that. Because after seeing that film, I would be compelled to write, I would be compelled to write a song parody. Even without Mike and Ike, I would be compelled to write a song parody. I understand. I understand. Uh, next, I think uh, of the films we watched that fell in the middle, 
was um, uh, David Cronenberg's 1977 masterpiece of Quebecois body horror, Rabid. I think that was a solid yeah. Okay. And you know, Jen and Sylvia Saska still haven't spoken to me after that piece. I, well, a lot of people, I'm sure. <laughs> not spoken to you for a lot of reasons, and uh, some of which are probably legitimate. But are they still are they still making remaking Rabbit? Is that still going forward? As far as I know, it is still a thing, yes. And, I, you know, I'm just going to have to watch it just to see if they go with the, uh, the demonic uh, armpit clit. Uh, as 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 the monster. Oh well, they have to go with the armpit clip. I just hope they have a zombie apocalypse with ha- that has more than five zombies. That would be nice. Well, yeah, they'd have to. And the and the thing about and looking th- thinking back on it, the thing about rabid. Uh, this is sort of like an end of the year fascinating thing for me now that I think about it, is that there was very little that I could recommend about it. But my God, Marilyn Chambers when she acted was amazing. Yes, yes. Um, she was like the one massive positive amongst all of the minor irritating negatives. Of all the people, I think, who uh, deserved to cross over from, from um, porno chic and to varying degrees did, I, I think she's the one who most deserved uh, a mainstream career because she was, she was better than adequate in that movie. She had moments where she was really quite good. Um, she was better than Dorothy Stratton. Oh, please. So I don't think there was any, um, yeah, it's, it's too bad. Cause I, I do think that the, the porn connection held her back. Uh, although who's to say she, we ever would have heard of her if it, she hadn't gotten that as a, as a, um, a leg up, so to speak. Um, but I'm bum, but I'm bum, but, uh, yeah, yeah, we both, that's one of the things we, we had some problems with the film, but we both generally, I think that we we both agreed that Marilyn Chambers was quite good in it and was it was worth seeing just for her. Um next uh Neon Demon. <laughs> did I tell you I saw that again? No, why why did you go see it again? Because I couldn't stop thinking about it. Wow. Okay. It, the movie affected me. You know, I mean, it, it, uh, I'm like, I, I figured I had to figure out why it, it, it affected me. So I, I, I went to see it again. I, I'm still, I still don't know if I liked it, but I appreciate it. If that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does. I mean, there's a, there's visually, there's, there's a lot of very stunning things to look at. Just to, re- to you know, and they do say, and they do say, you know, art is supposed to provoke a reaction. The movie provoked a reaction out of me. I mean, it, it's not like I can't say that I despise the movie with every fiber of my being, like something else we'll probably be talking about shortly. But I mean, I mean, I mean, like I said, like much like a Serbian film, visually it's ama- visually it's amazingly well made. It's got a great soundtrack. The acting is good. Mm-hmm. Well, it just goes to some very strange places. It does. I mean, I think it earned my uh, I think I was despising it by the very end. But it's weird because I didn't start off that way. Uh, I was with the movie for most of it. I think it just sort of it, it drove off a cliff um, in the last 15, 20 minutes and, and uh, without any warning. And I resented the fact that it that, you know, the driver didn't even, um, you know, scream yeehaw or something. So I could have bailed out of the car in time. Now I stay with it at the end. Just to refresh the audience's memory, Neon Demon is an art house horror film about cannibalistic fashion models made by 
Nicholas Winding Road or whatever his name is. Um, as Jeff says, great, some great visuals, but uh, frankly, I could have written a more coherent storyline with the Spirograph. I, 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 I do understand your anger, Scub, but it's okay. Only God forgives. <sighs> I see what you did there. All right. Good. Uh, good, good next okay. up, Battle Beyond the Stars. What are we, do- what are we driving to now? Uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, 1980. Uh, we both, you know, as looking back on it, we both kind of took a hammer to this movie, but it was done like a big brother applying a noogie. It was sort of an, it was sort of affectionate abuse. I still abuse. like it. It's still, a bad film, but I still like it. I, I don't care. It's yeah, fun. I, which is why I think it belongs in the middle. I, there was, I, it was not a thumbs down from us by any means. We both thought it was, it was a bad but fun movie. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't shrink from recommending it if you're into that kind of thing because there's a lot of stuff in it that's that's very entertaining. I mean, come on, how many films have Robert Vaughn, George Pappard, and Sybil Danning together? All too few, and and now you know, I mean, forward, especially so. nowadays, but yeah. still. Uh, next, uh, we're going down to the end of the middles. Uh, maybe you disagree with this, but I think this belonged in the middle because it it, it occasioned such a. Um, uh, such a mixed to negative reaction from the new movie crew. Uh, the Killing Joke. <laughs> I can see why it's be. I can see why it's a middle. Yeah, it's. Uh, I can see why it's a middle because the actual adaption of the Killing Joke was okay. The the half hour, uh, uh, Harlequin romance for teens between. Uh, Batgirl and Batman that was grafted onto the front end, however. Oh, you mean the bat fuck? I think I do mean that. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, that, that, oh. <laughs> so that's in the middle toward the bottom. Um, next. That, yeah, that scene, that scene definitely. I mean, I, like, like I said, I understand why. Moving on. Right. I don't want to get crazy again. Right. Uh, Invasion of the Saucer Men from 1957. Um, <laughs> I think again, this was a bad but fun movie. I think we all kind of—it's better than Invasion of the the Eye Creature. Exactly, exactly. It's funny because we, we didn't have a lot of gripes with the movie. I mean, it was it was a it was a cheap, uh, low budget, late fifties uh, creature feature. Uh, wasn't didn't try to be too much more than that, but it did it did have a lot of um, things going for it. Uh, acting was decent. The monsters were kind of scary. Uh, and I'm telling you, I still think the humor was intentional. And you may well be right about that. You may well be right. Uh, go, uh, you might want to listen to that episode, by the way, because as Jeff makes a very interesting point, that a lot of the silliness he thinks was just people who were um, well aware of the kind of movie they were making and were amusing themselves. Uh, it's it's funny because I, I think the, the fact that we didn't hate it accounts for why we spent so much of... Uh, that episode talking about the Larry Buchanan remake of Invasion of the Saucer Man, uh, Attack of the the Eye Creatures, which I, I think it's absolutely fascinating that a remake done what let's see like twenty twenty five some years later is uh, of a B movie manages to take a B movie and make it a Z movie. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that long later at all. I mean, uh, Buchanan's film was made in the late sixties. It was only about nine, oh, 10 years oh, later. okay, okay. Oh, yeah. No, no. That chick's beehive hair. Do it makes sense. You're right. Yeah. Uh, last one of last of the films that I think uh, fell into the middle category was the uh, 1972 made for TV horror movie Gargoyles. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some fond memories ruined. Some fond memories stayed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we 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 discussed this movie uh, with uh, film savant um, Hank Palmer, and uh, I, I think generally we all agreed that while it doesn't necessarily hold up, I think I think Hank may have felt it held up better than some of us. It it was it it's. I, I think, all right, let's put it this way. It's considered a classic. If you adjust and recalibrate the word classic uh, for, where that, for where it falls on a TV movie scale, Gargoyles... For an early 1970s TV movie exactly. scale. Uh, Gargoyles is actually a pretty good example of that. Uh, and and it was, again, it was a fun movie to watch. Some of it's just, it's just painfully silly. Some of it's not bad at all. And, and the... Uh, uh, the the lead gargoyle, uh, the played by uh, Bernie Casey. That's a pretty damn good costume. It was Sam Winston's first uh, first work, and uh, he did an excellent job. So uh, that was a that was definitely that was a solid solid middle. Um, <laughs> now let's. I, I'd rather end this since we're not ending 2016 in any way on an, on an up note, let's do it artificially by talking about our tops last. Let's talk about the bottoms first, uh, going chronologically. Uh, I think the first one that we really didn't like was, uh, equilibrium. Gun Gunkata. Gunkata. Uh, for those who forget, uh, slap bite, smack, yes. smack, 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 bang, bang, smack, 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 bang, bang. Oh God. That pretty much sums it up. It's a, it's a, a futuristic, uh, post-apocalyptic uh, film about um, uh, a uh, emotion-suppressing drug called Prosium Two, and the uh, the warrior... and an emotion-suppressing performance by Christian Bale. Yes, exactly. Uh, and the warrior monks who enforce the uh, the no horseplay, no emotion zone. Uh, with a made-up martial art called Gunkata that is one of the silliest things you will ever see. Um, unfortunately, you've got to see a bunch of other really dull stuff in order to get to the, 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 the silliness. But the last, as Jeff, as Jeff has said, uh, for just pure comic value, uh, go onto YouTube, find the end fight scene, the final fight scene in Gunkata, and watch two men have a slap fight. The kind that you would not see, you, you usually are, would see break out between six-year-olds at a birthday party. Or Linda Evans and Joan Collins. Right, but there's no wig pulling. Other than Just that, guns. Other than that, exactly. Uh, next, the next movie we saw that we really, really disliked was Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I'm not commenting. Yeah, there's, there's really no reason to. And, and I'll just say this. We gave the movie every chance. Um, saw it a couple times. Uh, yep. Uh, we later we later watched the uh, extended version. Um, yep. With extra pain, and uh, nope, nothing helped. Nothing changed our mind. Moving on. Sucked. Moving on. Uh, let's see. Oh, ha! Huh! The sweet blood of Jesus. Oh, sweet Jesus! This is one that really came close to. Um, to breaking Jeff and I, we were we were alone for this. Uh, we had no guests. We had no movie, new movie crew. We we it was just the two of us, 
And it could we could have had a guest if Graham would have fucking watched the movie. Yes, yeah, it was a problem. Anyway, it was it's Spike Lee's stealth remake of the 1970s black exploitation vampire flick Ganja and Hess, and it's so bad. It's it's so bad. Moving on. Um, here's what it's I... birdemic. It's birdemic. It's Spike Lee's levels of exactly. bad. It, it is. It is Spike Lee's Bram Stoker's birdemic. It's it's it, it's. Uh, uh, I'm I'm uh, not Mio Horenga Kyo. Not Mio Horenga Kyo. Not Mio Horenga Kyo. Moving on. One last thing. It's not fun. Bad. It's not so bad. It's good. It's just. It's it's unbearably uh, dull and tedious. So don't. We're don't watch it. Please listen to us. No. Uh, no. Do not. Do not. Next one, Unless however, next one, however, is not the same kind of bad. Uh, the next one we watched that was uh, was the Norseman or the Norseman <laughs> starring Lee Van Cleef as whoever, whatever the hell his name, Torvald, Torvald the Viking. Uh, this was a bad movie. Lee Van Cleef. Lee, not Lee Van I didn't say, did I say Lee Van Cleef? Wow. See, that was just pure wishful thinking on my part. Lee Majors. Lee Van Cleef. Lee Van Cleef would have been a more. Come on. Lee Van Cleef would have been a more believable Viking. Would he not? Yep. Because yep, he yep, didn't yep, have yep. that Kentucky accent. Uh, praise be to our God. Odin. Anyway, the thing about it, this is a bad movie, so it belongs in the bottom. But it was a hilariously bad movie. And I enjoyed every moment we spent with those damn hillbilly Vikings. So. I'm torn about this one. I think it deserves. I enjoyed every moment we spent talking Talking about about the hillbilly Vikings. The only moment that I genuinely enjoyed in the movie was I'm ready for battle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you're right. It was more fun to talk about than it was to watch. It was sort of the anti Jiffy pop of movies. Um, Much like Boggy Creek 2 and The Legend Continues, Chuck Pierce made a big hunk of boring, boring meat. Okay. I that, that frankly should have been on the poster. A big hunk of boring, boring that meat. Should have been, that should have been the pull quote. Um, yeah. But you know what? Because uh, I had so much, we had so much fun with it on the show. I think it deserves a special award for participation. Um, the next, and it gave us, I'm ready for battle. Exactly. It gave us a catchphrase with which we have had hours of enjoyment. And, and so of uh, some of our listeners based on, on the mail we've gotten. Um, by the way, here's a shout out to some of our correspondents, uh, including uh, Hank Palmer, who Charles ah. joined us on the show. Uh Pearl drops and her friend, bah. her friend uh, Deborah. Bah. I was shouting. Oh, okay. Please like had shout outs. Okay, sound like you were a Canada goose in the midst of uh, migration. Uh, next was Independence Day resurgence. No comment. No comment. And uh, the my only comment is is uh, we didn't even devote a whole unknown movie challenge to that. That was just something we both saw and we discussed it briefly. Uh, in the same segment with the neon uh, demon, and then we've got on with our lives. Um, however, the, the oddly enough, that, that yeah, there were four movies we talked about, none of which yep. were particularly good. Uh, the next movie we talked about that was bad was Howard the Duck. Huh. One day. Yep. Je- One Jeff- day we'll get a good one. 
you know, Jeff, that's the day that Jeff is living for. So we'll say we no more about a, that. We got a good Doctor Strange. Maybe we'll get a good Howard the Duck. I keep hoping. I want to see Benedict Cumberbatch and Seth Green's Howard have a scene together. I still do. It could still happen. It could still happen, at least in a uh, post-credit sequence. Who knows? Nowadays, anything is possible. Uh, next up, uh, Country Cousins, 1970, and Sassy Sue from 1973. Oh, now you see, okay, now here's where I'm going to go. I wouldn't even put these in the bottom, only because I, these movies were, to me, my version of Ed Wood. Okay, I, I see what you I, mean. You see, I don't get I do not understand, and I've said this before, I don't know if I said it on the show, but I do not understand why people find Ed Wood movies funny. I don't think they are funny at all. I find them sad. It's the same reason why I don't think Birdemic is funny. I find this sad. It, 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 the, it, it, bad, uh, horrible storytelling does not make me laugh. It makes me cry. And it, it, uh, I... Yes. I Are you choking on your own pile? Those films made me giggle. Yes, exactly. Those films made me giggle. I mean, now at least I can say I understand why people enjoy Edward films. Um, did I enjoy watching Country Cousins and Sassy Sue? Honestly, I enjoyed watching them more than I enjoy watching Ed Wood. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I can't say it was actually uh, painful. It was more disorienting because there were... Like I think we said on the show, there there was no n neither one of them had a story. They would they each started up a story and then drop it and would start up another one. It's like they had yeah. attention deficit disorder. Both the movies had had ADHD, and uh, but there was always there was just the people in it were just so plucky and they were they were hardcore porn actors for the most part who were going to make it and one was about cow fucking yes and they were going to cross over into mainstream with this softcore uh movie about uh about uh, bestiality and they really gave it their all it was the, those kids put on a show so i i see your point and i i i grant you that they have their own charm a movie that doesn't have its own charm which is also from the 70s, and which was the next uh, really bad movie we watched, was The Wolfman, 1979. By, by and starring Redneck Roger Corman, Earl Owensby. Um, a request. A, are you sure we want to do requests? I mean, if people are going to throw this shit on us. I, I, I almost want to uh, may I say, I, almost, I was almost going to say, why not? Because nobody can top that but see that would just be seen as a challenge and and don't try to don't try to please don't try to top the wolfman just let the wolfman remain what it should be uh, a warning to travelers now there is one very positive thing that i can say about earl owens b's the wolfman what's that it's not Spike Lee's The Sweet Blood of Jesus. That's true. It did not hurt the way uh, Spike Lee did, because the, the Spike Lee movie took itself so desperately serious. It was so plotting. I mean, it was well shot, and it was in pretty locations, and the actors were all competent. 
uh, and not terribly miscast, but it was just uh, just uh, abusively vacuous and self-indulgent. The the Wolfman at least was sort of trying to be a fun drive-in flick, but it was it to me the, the closest analog is the the uh, the Wolf the Earl Owensby Wolfman is it, Owensby and his and his actors it was sort of like the hillbilly Vikings in the Norsemen. This was like a hammer horror film. If Peter Cushing had had a chaw of tobacco stuck in his cheek the whole movie. Or if he'd gone into his final fight with Dracula by saying, I'm ready for battle. Exactly. Exactly. So, yes, we were issued a, a, a challenge by uh, two of our listeners, uh, which and, and we brought we, we rained hell upon ourselves because they said, why don't you uh, watch a movie by Earl Owensby? And it's sort of interesting. He was this regional filmmaker he was a guy who who built a studio in north carolina at a time when that was just mind-bogglingly insane cranked out uh, a bunch of films made a ton of money off them uh retired i i assume to to uh, a well-deserved and and uh, comfortable slide into uh, senility and decrepitude uh and we just because we found it on youtube wound up watching what I think is generally considered the worst movie he ever made. So that one was on us. Uh, next, well, that was on you. That was that on was on me. You. That was on not me. us. You. That was on me. I the think. sweet well, you blood were... of Jesus was on me. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Now I feel better about the Wolfman. I was feeling guilty. Now it feels like uh, vindication. Not vindication. It feels like revenge. It's just pure vengeance. Actually, it's not vindication. There was no justice involved. It's just it's just vengeance. Um, we're coming to the end of the bad list. Uh, the Magnificent Seven, the 2016 remake. No comment. No comment. Yeah, we broke format with that. Uh, did a western which we had not previously done on the show. We had brought in the new movie crew, and it was all what we all pretty much agreed. Like, why? Why was this trip necessary? It seems not. Um, and then I think the last film we did not like this year, and but talked about on the show was uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs> our 10 minutes about a film that didn't deserve 10 minutes exactly we originally uh saw that with the new movie crew we were going to have a show about it and we just we just did not want to talk about it so, oh and oh here's a behind here's a behind the scenes little uh uh, uh tidbit for you guys here that's something that you you guys don't know um we actually talked about fantastic beasts and where to find them for about another 10 minutes after that we did actually go on. I just cut it because I didn't feel the movie deserved what we gave it. Well, okay. but yes, there is there is ten there is ten more minutes of us babbling about that about that movie floating somewhere in the hoary underworld. I cry censorship. I just cry. All right, fair enough. Okay, starting the year, however, started off with uh, a movie we were so excited about that we couldn't even wait to talk about it on our second episode. We, we, we issued a special, I think one we recorded the night we both saw it, Deadpool. Why do, why do I cry? Uh, because uh, it is bitter and because it is your heart. I accept that. Deadpool was fucking awesome. Deadpool was fucking awesome. Deadpool got the year off with a bang, with a big bloody bang. Ryan Reynolds being anally probed by Marina Bacharin. I mean, that alone is it, it make, makes the film worth it. Happy National Women's Day. 
Exactly. Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds getting anally probed in any, you know, contact would make a movie worth Just, it. Just yeah, I mean that I think I'm I could be wrong, but I feel like that's probably the going to remain it was the first and I think will probably be the last uh superhero movie where your superhero is pegged on screen. I don't know. I've heard some interesting things about that Flash movie. <laughs> Yeah, but it'll be too I quick. I kid, I kid. But anyway, yes, Deadpool did make us very happy. So that was so there. There were some high spots in this year. Another one was one we that came out of nowhere. We weren't expecting at all, and I think this was uh, one that Jeff found. Uh, Turbo Kid. Hello. Hello. I lost you. Okay. Are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah, I lost you on that one. All I heard was that we weren't expecting at all. Okay. Uh, you, we can edit that then. Uh, um, the next film that made us very happy uh, was a film that came out of nowhere, one we were not anticipating at all, one which uh, Jeff found, and I maybe just by accident or maybe it was a recommendation, I don't remember now, uh, Turbo Kid. <laughs> that was that was a I have no idea what this is and then Indy was like oh yeah that film I heard it's pretty good I was like okay let's watch it so no yeah that was entirely a this looks unique why not and then I watched like about 10 minutes of it and I said yeah this needs to be seen yeah that was and we watched that uh, that was the new movie challenge in uh, episode 4 I believe and it was a delight from beginning to end it's a French Canadian parody of mid-80s canon post-apocalyptic film. It's a very specific parody. But if you've seen any of those films, and if you haunted video stores in your youth like we did, you've probably seen them all, because there's a lot of rainy days. Uh, (laughs) It was a delight from beginning to end. And we recently learned that they are making a sequel, which is also good news. Can't wait. Can't wait. And plus it has and plus it has Michael Ironside looking like an enemy of gravity, which is always fun. Exactly. He's looking. Yeah, he looks he looks a bit like. um, uh, It looks a bit like a a Macy's Day balloon uh, after it's been shot. Sam Fisher's name should be changed to Sam Whaler. It was. Oh, now that's not. Than what I I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll just stick with gravity is not being kind, and let's move on. All right. Uh, Val Kilmering all over the place. Yes. Yes, there is. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, check out um, episode four, A Kilo of Kilmer, and you'll find out that there's a whole alternative to the uh, metric system that you never knew about, and it involves Michael Ironside's face. Um Next was another movie that I generally we liked, uh, Captain America: Civil War. I uh, oh, that's why I've never actually really talked about it, have I? No, you haven't. I've, I've never actually talked about it. No. Uh, yes, the uh, the consensus of the new movie crew was that uh, Captain America: Civil War was good. We enjoyed it. We liked it, but. Uh, uh, you were you were home from school with a with a upset tummy that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a uh, short. Okay, uh, my, my 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 short review of Captain America: Civil War. Uh, 
It was a it was a really good remake of Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice with the exact same problems. Fair enough. Um, something else that was fun, but it had Superman, but it's okay. Something else that was fun but was not a movie uh, was the video game Until Dawn, and uh, uh, which Jeff played. I did not, but I enjoyed very much the conversation we had about video game writing with the video games co-writer Graham Resnick. That was a who also does sound design, who did the sound des- some of the sound design for another really good movie that we watched this year. Yes. Uh, we can- Is that on your list? Of course, that's on my list. <laughs> we'll get to that then. We'll get Go to on. that. Um, See, I'm being nice. I didn't say nice. it. Ha, ha, ha. See, I'm learning. Uh, Suicide Squad was the next one. Um Fuck everybody else. I love that movie. Bite me. Yeah, this is sort of the this is sort of the obverse of the situation with Captain America Civil War, where everyone loved it. And then you were iffy. Um, this one, uh, this generated, uh, I would say, slightly more mixed reactions from the new movie crew than s- some movies this year. The consensus was that it was entertaining and it was definitely worth the two hours. Uh, most of us liked it. Uh, you 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 loved it. Um, I did. I, I I I have no problem saying it. I fucking love Suicide Squad. I love the director's cut even more. That was or bad. not the director's cut, the extended cut. The extended it's not cut. Ayer's cut. Right. So it's actually not just useless footage. It actually adds dimension to the characters and enriches the story. Yes, Ayer's cut is the one that would have been stupid. Fair enough. Uh, next, The Mind's Eye, starring friend of the show Graham Skipper. Ah, the skipper. Ah, the skipper. One of the scariest fucking uh, moments I have seen in a film this year was actually in that film, and it was from the skipper. That look in the car? That that look in the car. (laughs) That was fucking awesome. Every time I talk to him now, I just say, the car look, dude, the car look. Yes, it was was an amazing moment, and it was achieved not with uh, appliances, makeup, CGI, special effects, anything of that kind. It was just an actor. And lighting. And lighting and an expression that kind of made you change the way you're feeling about how things are going to go. And uh, that's a terrific uh, sort of supernatural psychological thriller in the vein of Fury. Uh, We gave it two big thumbs up. We both enjoyed it. It's a it's a low budget gem. That deserves to be, I think, better known. Um, next, after that, we saw Fiend Without a Face, the 1958 uh, creature feature classic. Killer bunny slipper movie. Killer bunny slipper movie. Um, it's, it's, you know, as, as we say at the time, it, it's, it's got the deadliest brains and the whitest people. Uh, it's, not, it's filled with the Americans. It filled the Americans you would expect in a movie like this. But then the rest of the cast is filled, out, is, is filled in with Brits and Canadians. So it's pasty. It's a pasty, pasty movie, but um, it's got an interesting monster. Uh, it's got a pretty gripping story. It uh, moves along pretty quickly for a film about uh, uh, brains that uh, push themselves along with their prehensile spinal columns. It's uh, it's fun. It's a, it's a movie that I think is generally well thought of uh, as a as a as a well done B film, and we had to agree. Uh, next was. Uh, Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Uh, this was not a new movie, obviously, but we watched it for the Unknown Movie Challenge because uh, while Jeff has seen it 
since I had not seen it since it was first released in 1984. And our consensus was what? I fucking love that movie. Well, that's your consensus. That's not even a consensus. That's just your opinion. The consensus was it still holds up. That was the... Yes, but Jeff fucking loves it. And I really enjoyed it and, and uh, was glad to have revisited it. And I'm glad that it's uh, that's out on uh, video. You were going to get some of the comic books, weren't you? Uh, yes, I am still planning on ordering the comic books. They're still available. So, yeah, it, it, it's going to happen. Okay. Uh, then, going from strength to strength, the next was Doctor Strange. Ah! Exactly. This is where we need Blanche here because she can really hit that high ethereal note. Um, for, for for decades, I've been waiting for a Doctor Strange movie. It definitely, even even since before 1978, I've been waiting for a Doctor Strange movie. After 1978, I was waiting for a good Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> I got a good Doctor Strange movie. You did. I don't, I'm glad you're happy and uh, nice that a few that the rest of us were able to pick up your table scraps and get something out of it too. Uh, it's also a um, a, a major not only was it a good movie and the occasion for uh, a really fun chat with the new movie movie crew but this was the uh, film that brought back the original mike and ike yep 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 the boys had to talk about that puppy so, hey you know what i just realized you what? forgot one what you have forgot one that happened before strange hmm. The Ghostbusters remake. Oh, I did. I did. I went right past that. You're right. Because we all liked that. That we, was a top. That was. That was a top. The Ghostbusters movie was was uh, universally liked uh, by the new movie crew. And uh, and not by anyone else. And apparently not by anyone else. Uh, well, and, no, no. That That is technically that is not true. I know a lot of Brits who liked it. Oh, really? Well, I guess they don't have yes. our... They, they're more caught up in their class issues. They're not... I guess they don't have this, the the uh, the uh, war between the sexes issues that we have. They don't have the sec the misogyny problem we have. Yeah, I, I, I a lot of a lot of my Brit friends on the Facebook all talked after they saw it and they they pretty much everybody said they liked it. I think some of the our, Brits. I think some of our Canadian friends liked it too. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. But yeah, much like Suicide Squad, fuck all of you. I'd love that movie. <laughs> okay. And uh, then closing out the year, the last uh, unknown movie challenge and maybe the thing that made us brought us the most joy this year. So I'm happy with that being the final movie of this series. Rogue One. Uh, It almost made up for the deaths. It almost balanced out the deaths. I fucking love that movie. Yep. It is it is my favorite film of the year. I could I have I have no problem saying that it is my favorite film of the year. I didn't think anything would beat Deadpool. I had once Doctor Strange came out, they, those two were going head to head, but Rogue One is such a step over the two of them as far as I'm concerned. Yes, it's because I'm a Star Wars geek, I admit that, but as I said, it's not just a great Star Wars film, it's actually a great movie. Oh, I agree. I agree. I don't I don't think it's a huge uh, leap above Deadpool and uh, Doctor Strange because uh, one, those are really pretty damn good movies, damn, yeah, damn enjoyable. Um, but they're also so different. I mean, first, I mean, Deadpool and Doctor Strange are superhero movies, which is a distinct genre from Star Wars. Uh, Deadpool is basically a gross-out comedy. Uh, Doctor Strange, I think, is is just a very uh, uh, 
brilliantly visual and, and literate. Uh, and just think, you know, I mean, if 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 the universes were aligned, we could have had Deadpool and Doctor Strange in the same film. Hey, who knows? I mean, now that Spider-Man's back in the MCU, anything could happen. The one thing studios can do, can are, are open to, is uh, sniff it out some money. If their enlightened self-interest can be appealed to, if there's a dollar to be made. So, if. Uh, if uh, Fox continues to flail in its efforts to make superhero movies and uh, Marvel continues to prevail, then eh, they may want some of that sweet, sweet cash. Could happen. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, for the most but, part, I'm yes. kind of happy to have Deadpool in his own little world because he can be as, as nasty and profane and, and uh, gross and bloody as he likes. And that's how I like it. Agreed. Uh, uh, agreed. Agreed. And and of course, all all seeing Rogue One besides making me want to see and actually watch um, episode four immediately again is just preparing me for next year when uh, for episode eight. Yay. Yay. And the and the continuing now never ending stream of Star Wars movies begins. And yes, while it may be soul crushing, at least the first couple under the House of Mouse have been good. Agreed. I, I one yeah. of them really good. Agreed. Agreed. I I my I, I have no trepidation about uh, their plans to crank out these movies. I, I think that um, so far their record is good. There's no reason to assume that. Uh, that there's going to be a, a big drop in quality. I think that they're going to continue to throw uh, resources and talent at them. And I think, um, I think we have a lot to look forward to in the next few years after a, after a long dry spell. Um, and prior to that, a torrential monsoon like rain that washed away everything uh, good and nice and hopeful. That was the uh, prequel, which was really the prequels were almost worse than having no star Wars at all. Actually, no, it was worse than having no star Wars at all. So uh, now we're getting Star Wars again, and it's good. It's better than not having Star Wars. So it's like um, uh, it's like Tim Robbins says in uh, Bull Durham, "I love winning." You know, like it's better than losing. That's how I feel about Star Wars films. <laughs> oh man, and that was. There you go. Wow. We we watched a lot of movies this year. We did. We watched a ton of movies. Good ones, bad ones, mediocre ones. And we made you listen to our shit talking about all of them. So thank you for joining and us this year. And only a couple of them were painful. Yes, yes. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget, tomorrow, go to theslumgullion.com and check out the new website. Leave comments. Tell your friends, your neighbors, people you love, people you hate, people you bang. We don't care. We just want their traffic. Exactly. And uh, sign up at, uh, subscribe to us, to the Slum Gullion on iTunes. And we will see you in the new year.